there's an argument in the Gemara how the Kruvim stood. We know that there were two Kruvim on top of the Aran HaKodesh. And the two different Sukkim described to us two different ways that the Kruvim was standing. The one Gemara says, the one Pasuk says, they were facing each other. The other Pasuk says, which means they were standing side by side, facing towards the Besamekdash. And the Gemara of Basra asked the question, which way are the Kruvim standing? So, the one opinion is that the way the Kruvim were built, where they were fashioned, was to be facing each other. What does it mean, the Pneim Lebais? Sometimes they were facing the Besamekdash. So he says, that means when Klaishal when Klayashal were doing what Hashem wanted, they faced each other. And that was the symbolism of the Kruvim. The one Kruvim represented the Kaddish Baruch the other one represented Klayashal. And therefore, when Klayashal had a direct contact and connection with Hashem, the Kruvim faced each other. Symbolic of our closeness to Kaddish Baruch And when unfortunately Klayashal were not doing the initial mocking, when Klayashal were turning away from Hashem, they were symbolized by the Kruvim not facing each other. And therefore, the Kruvim were facing forward, symbolic that Akhnarashrib Hashem was not, so to speak, face to face. And according to the other opinion, that the Kruvim were originally created facing forward. So, how does he explain the Pasuk that they were facing each other? The Gemara says, Mitzadid that study, which means they were side by side. They were like at the diagonal to each other. They weren't directly facing each other. They weren't directly facing forward. They were facing both forward and towards each other. And why doesn't he answer the same answer as before? Because if the original position of the Kruvim was built facing each other, that's the way it's meant to be, we can understand as a punishment, Hashem miraculously pivoted them away from each other to show that we were doing something wrong. There would be no logic in originally carrying the Kruvim in the status of facing away from each other, if that's meant to symbolize our distance from Hashem. We wouldn't want to start them in that position. And therefore he explains that it was somewhere in between, that they weren't moving, so to speak, towards each other, away from each other, but they were facing both towards each other slightly and also at the same time facing forward. What's the meaning of this Machlokas? says Nefesh he brings his two opinions. Chazal Omer binyin akrovim, one says they were built facing each other. They're built facing forward. Asks the Gemara, according to the opinion that says they were facing each other, how does he resolve the second pasuk that says they were facing forward? Answers the Gemara, like Asha. Here's when Klaishal were doing what HaKadosh Baruch Hu wanted, and here's when Klaishal were not doing what HaKadosh Baruch Hu wanted. Asks the Gemara, According to the opinion that says they were facing forward, how does he resolve the Pasuk? That they were facing each other. Answers the Gemara, it started that study, at an angle. A little bit facing forward, a little bit facing each other. And I explained, You can't answer the same answer as before. 
that depends if you saw the item returned to Shomakam. So Kiva the Ikara Sias Krubi Pnemu Bais, if the way they were originally built was facing forward, Lahoda and Asosa the Simon Chinese Shah is returned to Shomakam. There wouldn't be a way reason to build the Krubim originally in the position showing the Kosh are not doing what Hashem wants. And says Nefshachim, you ask a question. If that's the case, then the second mandama, why did they put them side by side, not exactly forward, but at an angle to each other? What would be the logic not to put them directly facing each other? So Nevesh Rechaim is going to teach us a big yisad. And he brings the Gemara, the famous Gemara in Brachas, and the Gemara there asks the contradiction. On the one hand, the Gemara says, the Torah Pasuk tells us, you should go out and gather your grain. Meaning, Klai Yisrael instructed that they have to go to their fields and harvest the crops. So we expected to participate in an agricultural lifestyle. On the other hand, there's a Pasuk which says, A person should not Badge from learning Torah, not during the day, not during the night. A constant and total occupation with learning Torah. So how do we resolve these two psukim? The Gemara gives two opinions. The first opinion is the opinion of Rabbi Ishmael. Rabbi Ishmael says, Hanik Bohem Minak Derechertz. We should act with them whatever is the way of the world. Which means he allows people to go out and gather their crops. He allows people to go out and, uh, and, so to speak, be involved in some kind of making a livelihood. And Roshim Yechai argues, Roshim Yechai Amir, Efshar Adam Cherish B'Shas Charisha, V'Zareya B'Shas Zriya, V'Koytze B'Shas Ktsira. A person is going to have to plant in the planting season, and he's going to have to uh, harvest in the harvesting season. He's going to be involved in each stage of the agricultural process. It takes time. What's going to be with his ability to learn? How will he, get, how will he become a Talmud Chacham with such a preoccupation in physical things? Ella, when Yisrael are doing the Ratzin of Hashem, then Hakadosh Baruch Hu will make sure that the, what the the, the, melacha, the activity that they need to do in order to ensure their Farnasa will get taken care of by the people. And with Mancha and Israelites in return to Shomakam, we include Israel not at that level to do return to Shomakam. If that's the case, we don't have to that. They aren't afforded that same bracha, and therefore they now have to take care of themselves. Shalem Vasasu the Ganecha. And therefore, the pasuk we just mentioned, Vasasu the Ganecha, is talking about the non ideal situation. The non ideal situation when Israel are not doing what Hashem expects from them. And therefore, they are forced to, so, so to speak, look after themselves financially. Whereas, in a case where Yisrael would be doing what Hashem wanted, return to Shalmakam, then, in a case like that, we'd have the promise of, was brought in the Navi, discussed in Tam Mashiach, that the foreigners will be your shepherds and your, those who tend to your vineyards. And there's a question on Rabbi Shmuel, and there's a question on Rabbi Shem Bayuchai. The question on Rabbi Shem Bayuchai 
is where does the Torah say this pasuk of Asafz the Ganecha? It's part of the second pasuk parak of Kriyashma. So let's look what, in context, what does the pasuk say? And the pasuk there says, "Vayim shemayat Yishmu mitzvaysa, Asher nechi mitzavis chamayim." If you're going to fulfill my mitzvahs which I commanded you today, the Avos Hashem lekeichem, to love Hashem, ulaavdei b'chol levavchem b'chol nafshechem, and to serve Him with your whole heart and your whole soul. Then Hashem said, "I'll give you the rain, and you'll have to vasafto the ganecha. You're going to have to harvest your crops." And the question shouts out from the words, "Where is this not doing return to Shulmakim?" Someone is listening to the mitzvahs, loving Hashem, serving Him wholeheartedly and with his whole nefesh, and that's still not called osim return Shulmakim. That's still something missing. That a person doesn't deserve the siyata dishmaya. That Akadish Baruch will take care of him. What's missing? What about that is not ideal? Why isn't that Oysim Ritzvah Shalmakim? That's the question on Rabbi, on Rabbi Shem Vayichai. The question of Rabbi Shmuel is the question that Rabbi Shem Vayichai asked him. And that is the preoccupation with agriculture. Whether it's tilling the ground, planting, weeding, watering, fertilizing, and then afterwards harvesting and winnowing and threshing and grinding and kneading and all the various stages which are needed. When's a person going to have the opportunity to learn if he's so involved and so busy with the mundane activity? So the Nefesh Achaim answers the question of Rabbi Shmuel first. And the Nefesh Achaim says, Ha'inyan kivadeh she'ein das Rabbi Shmuel, she'hei rishus nesun al-adam lifresh chas v'shalom, af zman mot me'esekotara. Rabbi Shmuel agrees with Rabbi Shimon. He says, chas v'shalom. There's no permission for a person to find time, so to speak, where he's detached from learning Torah. Even if it's last week for Parnassa. A person doesn't have a hetter to get involved in a business activity if it's going to draw his mind completely out of Torah. And now he's fully focused only on his business. If he's going to bottle, if while he's working, he's, he's completely with Torah. There's no connection to Torah at all. What Rabbi Shmuel said, isn't that a person is a hatter to go and work? And leave the Torah. What he said was, "Hanheg bohen Act with them the way of the world. What does that mean? Right, Which means, it's not a stir. It says Rabbi Ishmael, a person can learn Torah while he's doing derech eretz. The, the amount of time a person has to work to make a parnasah, the minimum that he needs for the basic requirements that he needs for his life. So, yes, that time he should do together with learning Torah. I'll call upon him, while you're working, in the thoughts in your head, you should be thinking Torah. Don't come to the base measures during Nisan Tisha. Those are the months when people either have to plant or have to harvest. 
And when he says, don't come to Beis Midrash, Shalei Lover Beis Midrash, Aval Vadei Shetalmidei Rove Loi B'Tanim Chas Hashem Lekamri Mesek HaTorah, Kam B'Beis Midrash, He didn't say for too much you don't have to learn. There was no Bein Azmanim. It was a time when Kira people are potter from Torah. Learn at home. Of course, you have to be involved in what's going on in your field. Learn in the field. And if that's the case, Rabbi Shmuel agrees. A person is mukhuyiv, magisabu yam valayla, to learn the Torah the whole time. And he said, but there's no stir. I will think in learning while I'm working. I will work on the chiddush while I'm while I'm putting, picking up the no, putting out the, the vegetables from the ground. I'll do chazar in my learning while I'm busy planting. A person can do both. You can multitask. He can learn while he's working. Okay, so that's a good answer. So there's no shayla Torah matahe because the person's learning. But we see Abshimah didn't accept that. And the question is, why not? And here we have a principle. It's famously attributed to Rav Chaim Briska, but there are many sources for this principle. Where Rav Chaim Briska said it was on the Gemara, which says that Mivatlin Talmud Torah Mikra Megillah. That the importance of reading the Megillah and Purim is such that we move out of Torah to go read the Megillah. And if Chaim asks the question, the Megillah is part of the, of the, of the Torah. The Megillah is one of the 24 Swarm of Tanakh. So the person is hearing the Megillah, he's hearing Psukim, that's Talmud Torah. So why is it called being Mavatli in Talmud Torah to hear the Megillah? Now, I'll be shot, it's not really difficult. Because on Pshat the answer is that Mavat and Talmud Torah means whatever a person was learning before that. So if a person was in a base Medrash and they were discussing a Sugi or whatever it was, we're going to have to clap on the Bima and say, Rabbi say, stop what you're doing, go to the Shul, and let's go listen to the Megillah. Or we're in the middle of learning, we're going to battle what you're learning now because you have a Chiv, so go hear the Megillah. But Rukhaim says a different part. And Rukhaim says that just like there's a concept of Bittal Torah in time, this is a concept of bittal Torah in quality. Which means, if a person could be learning at a better level, a person could be more focused on his learning, a person could be learning with more energy or enthusiasm or intention, and yes, he's learning, but on a much less intense or much less uh, deep level. So that's called, in Rav Chaim's terminology, bittal Torah ve'echus. A bittal Torah in quality. A bit of Torah in quality. And therefore listening to the Megillah, which is just hearing the words, doesn't have the same depth of learning as if a person would be ma'ayin in a surgi, a person would put himself into the intricacies of understanding something. And therefore it's called bit Torah. Just in the case of the Megillah, Chazal dictates that a person has to hear the words of the Megillah. Even if it means he won't learn on the level he's accustomed to learning. And therefore that's the same as you said over here. It's true according to Rabbi Shmuel, you can learn while you're working. You can chaz the Mishnahis under your breath while you're driving. Obviously we're talking about an activity, a, a, a work, a profession, which doesn't absorb a person's whole mind because then that would prevent it from learning Torah. But let's talk about the farmer, the shepherd. There's no reason you can't learn while he's watching his sheep. But to some extent, it won't have the same intensity, one of the same a level of concentration to the exclusion of everything else 
that a person could have when he's learning in the best Medrash. And therefore, Rabbi Shem Yechai already calls it Bittul Torah. Torah Matayola. Torah which doesn't have the full concentration, the full application, that's really enough of a reason not to do anything else. That was the level of Rabbi Shem Yechai. Now, the Gemara says many people tried to do like Rabbi Shem Yechai, but they also be Adam. They weren't able to. But they were able to like Rabbi Yishmael. They didn't manage. That's because the Rabbim can't do it. can't live on the level of Rishim Bayechai. For the multitude of people, for the most people, to be on that level of complete and only uh, connection to Torah, the exclusion of everything else isn't possible for them. A Torah needs a connection to activity as well, to some kind of melacha, some kind of livelihood. That's for the rabbim. If you have a yachid, you have an individual who is able to focus completely and exclusively like Rav Shema Yechai wanted, He's got a chiyuv. Not to distance himself, not to separate himself from the Torah, even for the shortest amount of time, and to rely on the fact that Hashem will find the Acherim. Hashem will find others who will do the job for him. So now we understand more clearly the difference between the opinion of Rabbi Shmuel and the difference of the opinion of Rabbi Shmuel Yechai. In, re- in reality, Rabbi Shmuel Yechai kept this himself. We know that Rabbi Shmuel Yechai in the cave, he lived what he preached. He lived that situation where he was learning non-stop Yemah Velayla. And in that circumstance, HaKadosh Baruch provided for him. In this case, miraculously, Hashem provided a water supply. Hashem provided fruit for him to eat. And that way he was able to focus to the exclusion of everything else on Torah. But like the Gemara says, that's a mahalach for Yechidim, something which works for the individual and maybe doesn't work for the Rabbim, doesn't work for the Klal. Therefore, according to Hashem Bayechai, if a person would involve himself a little bit even in Parnassah, what Rabbi Shmuel held as a chatechele, according to Rabbi Shem Bayechai, that would be in the category of Ein Moisur Sarishal Makam, of not doing exactly what Kadosh Baruch wants, because really the ideal would be more than that. In other words, what we're seeing here isn't that Ein Moisur Sarishal Makam, it's in the category of something wrong, rather it's not the ideal. It's not the ideal, and therefore Moisur Sarishal Makam is the ideal. And that's, let's go back to the Krovim for a moment. The fact that the two Krovim are facing each other eye to eye means we're in the best possible situation. We're relating to Hashem directly, with no impediment, and therefore that's considered the ideal. When Klaisha are not living the ideal, that's already considered a most residential market. An amazing thing to think about. Now, let's uh, extend this. It says Nafshachayim, 
The second parish of Krishna is also the Bidashin Rabbim. Vamishamaya Tishmo and something the rest of the parasha carries on the sum tem tem whatever it is all lashon rabim the one pasuk which isn't is this pasuk for sata dogonecha it said in the lashon yachid says nefesh achaim we know pasuk for sata dogonecha who might some michlal parshas vaya it's different to the rest of the parasha shekula nemer belashon rabim the whole parish is said in Rabbim, and Pasuk for Saturday and Belashin Yachid. The Chayn Kaila Ain Oysim Tanishal Makam, Kashimafane Atme Afmaat, the Esa Kaparnasa. For the Yachid, who that's not, not what expected of him, so for him to be Vasafta Ganecha isn't the ideal, and therefore it's considered Ain Oysim Rishanishal Makam. The Nefesh Chayim here in the footnote explains more, and he says, The Chayn Vipash Rishanishal Kriyashma Ksibachal Moidecha. The first parish of Shema said three things. And the second parish just says It doesn't talk about The first parish was speaking to the individual, it's all in the singular. And for the individual, the ideal is to keep the, the Torah and to connect to the Torah exclusively. To the exclusion of everything else. And therefore Hashem can say, which means with all your money. In other words, that he doesn't involve himself at all in Parnassah. He doesn't apply himself at all to Gashmis. He's fully immersed and focused on his Rechnis. Our Parshas Fahaya, the second Parsha, which was said to the Rabbim. So for the Rabbim, it's completely impossible for them to live on that level. And therefore, it doesn't say, it doesn't say, to all of them, that you should live on the level of exclusive focus on Ruchnias to the exclusion of all Gashmis. For the Ravim, they keep what Rabbi Yishmael says, and that is that even the time that they do spend focusing on Parnassah, they're still thinking, learning, they're still involved in Torah. That's an ideal. That's considered a tenational makam. Whereas Rabbi Shimon Ben-Chai argues, and he says, that's not considered Iker tenational makam, and therefore, and therefore, that there wouldn't be that that wouldn't give the haftach, wouldn't bring about the guarantee that a person will be potter from any physical occupation. Now, how do we pass them? In other words, when we come to explaining the machlokes between these two opinions, we see that it's not that Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai holds that for everybody his mahalach is wrong. We saw it in the Gemara that there's a rabbi. There's a rabbi who doesn't apply for, it doesn't work for, but that doesn't make it the ideal. The ideal would be the din of the yachid. In the Midbar, in the desert, when Israel were provided for in that way, they were given the protection, they had the wall of Miriam, the mind fell and gave them all the parnas they needed on a daily basis, they weren't missing anything, then they could focus exclusively on Torah, the way of Shem would say is a tenishal makam. And therefore, the Nefeshachayim is going to explain to us, when they built the Krovim in the Midbar, in the Mishkan, they built the Krovim facing each other face to face. Why? Because they were Zaycha to that level, that clarity, that uh, open relationship with Hashem, 
And if that's the case, it, since it didn't need to involve himself in anything else, and therefore the two Krovim were both facing each other perfectly. But Klai Yisrael come into Israel, and Klai Yisrael settled the land, and there are those, the majority of Klai Yisrael are involved in agriculture to some extent, and therefore, since it was necessary for them to interrupt their constant and continual occupation with Torah, to be involved in to be involved in the minimum required to make a parnasa, that's already not considered the ultimate of Oysim Return Shalmakim. And if that's, and that's the case, when the Shema Melech came to build the Kruvim in the first place of Mikdash, they were turned slightly apart from each other. They were Mitzalil Tzudi. They weren't facing each other, so to speak, completely face to face, slightly at an angle, to show that the relationship wasn't the ultimate it was meant to be. Nevesh also explains this, the Mechilta, which means the Torah was primarily given to the generation was eating the man, because they had the perfect circumstances to be immersed in Torah without any distractions, which is what would ideally the way the Torah is meant to be learned, the way the Torah is meant to be approached. And as we said, it returns to that when it comes to the time of Mashiach, when Klaish will again be Oisim Rutana and all our physical concerns will be taken care of for us, which will free us up to focus solely on Torah. Now, how do we Paskin? So if you look in the Rambam, the Rambam Paskin is like a Bishim Bayechai. Interestingly enough, the Rambam Paskin is like a Bishim Bayechai. The Rambam there says, the end of Hilchah Shemitah V'yavil, when he's talking about the idea of Shevet Levi. And he says, Shevet Levi were not given a Nachala, were not given inheritance in Israel. Why? Because they were set aside to focus solely on Torah Vavoida. And the fact that everybody else would provide a certain percentage of their income to support Shevet Levi, we call the Truman and the Maestros. So this is really a situation of Malachi Nasus Hadeyachir. Shevet Levi did not need to involve themselves in commerce, in agriculture, in Parnassa. They could involve themselves in Torah Vavoida, and the Parnassa was provided for them. And it wasn't just a minimal stipend, uh, like a, a cradle handout. If you think about it, each Shevet had to give 10% of their earnings of Maestration to the Levim, which means if you're talking about 11 other Shvatim, or even 12 if you're going to count Menashe Ephraim separately, each one giving 10% of their crop to the Levim, and the Levi, remember, was the smallest Shevet. So all the other Shvatim were much bigger in numbers. We're giving 10% to Levi. It comes out that per person, Levi was actually receiving a higher percentage than anybody else. That's a very interesting thing to think about. And if that's the case, this is a fulfillment of exactly this principle. And says the Rambam, the famous words, which he finishes Hilchah Shemit of Yehovah with, It's not just Shevet Levi. Every Jewish person, 
that he understands. And to separate himself from Ayla Mazah and to focus exclusively on Torah and on Avodah Hashem. Then Hashem will be Chelkoi and He will provide for him just like He provided for the Levim. Which means the Rambam is that if there's somebody who wants to become the din of Rabshim Bayachai and wants to do Ratzon and Shalmachim on that level, he's able to. And the promise will apply to him too. He will also be taken care of just like HaKadosh Baruch Hu took care of Shevet Levi. For the Yechidim who are able to, 100%, they can, they can still, and even today, they can still live the life of Oysim Ratzon and for a rabbi, it might not be practical, like the Gemara said, but for the Yachid it is. And now let's, now let's bring it back to what the Nefesh Chaim wants to prove from here. He says, so we see that when Klai Yisrael aren't Oysim Mitzvah Shulmakam B'Shleimus, the Kruvim are slightly turned away from each other. It says Nefesh Chaim, that doesn't just apply to the Kruv, which represents the Jewish people. It also applies to the Kruv, which represents Hashem. Why does it apply to a Kruv which represents Hashem? So here's the Yisad. Because we see that the way we relate to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that is a two-way relationship. And therefore, if we're not doing perfectly return to Shalmakam, HaKadosh Baruch Hu doesn't relate to us more than that. When the, when the one Kruv representing Klai Yisrael turns closer to Hashem, then the Kruv representing Hashem turns closer to us too. But if the one Kruv turns away, the second Kruv will follow suit. And therefore, he brings in the Zayr. Because Zimnud Yisrael have a Zakoin, whenever Kaisal with Tadikim, Kruvim have a Dvekin with Dvikut Abin Bambi. The Kruvim were connected face to face. Kimadav is Sarchon, when they did something wrong, have a Mahajan Apara Domindo. The Kruvim turned away from each other. They both turned away from each other. While Ros and Eden have Yodi Yisrael Zakoin Nila, and that's how Kaisal could see where they were holding. The Gemara says that the Kainim used to show them the way the Kruvim was standing. And if they were facing each other, they would say, Ru'uchi basham makam. Look how endeared you are to Hashem, that Kilo, there's a direct and open relationship between you. And therefore, the Kodesh Baruch Hu considered them to be that close to him. Chedvus of the train Kruvin. It was a Simcha when seeing the two Kruvin facing each other. Kimon the Shari Allah is Hadar Bechedvu. And that's the closeness which comes from Oisim Ratan Makam. Always understood it from the total involvement of Torah Vavoida. That unique level is, we saw, is the level which is needed for the Krubin to face each other directly. Even when it's not perfect, even when the world, according to Rabbi Shmuel, is uh, working with Hanag by Milk Derech Eretz, this Krubin was still facing each other, but not completely, not 100%. And then when it comes to a situation where Klaishal are doing the wrong thing, Klaishal distant from Hashem, then the Kruvim turn away from each other completely. Then they're not facing each other at all. Like the Torah says, Hashem says to us also, He'll hide His face from us if we've already, so to speak, initiated that relationship by hiding our face from Him. And therefore, the Yisraeli want to see from here, and that is the principle that Shachayim is trying to teach us. And that is that we, Klai Yisrael, determine the level of the relationship between us and Hashem. It was miraculous that the Kruvim could move, but the miracle was only to show the state of this relationship between Hashem and Klai Yisrael.